0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you Inky Savages are joining us for the Penboy Roy Pen Entertainment Podcast, <laughs> episode number 139. I'm really excited to be here because we got so much to talk about. We don't really know what we're going to talk about, but I think it has something to do with our escapades at the Long Island Pen Show yesterday. Today is Sunday, October 16th. And yesterday, the good Odd Oink and myself, we went to the show. We had a great time. We hung out, then we did unlimited Korean barbecue afterwards because we like eating unlimited amounts of food for one single price. It was a lot of fun. We're going to have to dedicate about half the episode to talking about that itself. Okay, sounds Mm, good. That's good. Yeah. So we had such a good time. We were able to actually meet up with a lot of cool people, namely in point our good friend Ryan W. and his family, including his daughter Zoe, who is a fellow flute player. And it was just such an awesome highlight of my day to be able to run into them, and meet the young lady that is an aspiring flute player, or at least in school, not aspiring, mm-hmm. but I mean, she maybe I don't know, I didn't actually ask. But if she is aspiring, that's great. If she's if she's not, that's also great. It's whatever she and her family decide. I don't need to get into. She their plays a
1: flute. That's all you need to she know. She plays
0: the flute. It's awesome. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know what their goals are, but whatever they are, I'm just happy that there are young people out there who are playing not just the flute and going to pen shows and going to pen shows with dad and and the whole family and stuff like that that is an awesome family i was really happy to meet them i made one single one single purchase that i didn't expect i was going to make but i felt like it was an offer that i could not refuse (laughs) if you know what i mean but we had such a good time time flew We got there, what, at like 11.30, I want to say, and then within like two seconds, it was suddenly two o'clock, and it was time to leave and time to go get something to eat, but great time. It was awesome. I want to talk about some sponsorships. One of them is near and dear to my heart, and this pen is available at one of my favorite retailers of all time in the history of anything ever created ever, and that is Goldspot pens, please check out the Goldspot affiliate link in the description below to buy the pen that I'm gonna talk about in a few seconds. But just before we get to that, make sure you use coupon code ROY at checkout for an additional savings on the pen that I'm about to talk about, and as well as additional pens and accessories with some exclusions applying. Again, that is the Goldspot pens affiliate link down in the description below. Be sure to use coupon code ROY at checkout. And the pen I wanna talk about today have you tried the Platinum Curridas yet, Tom?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah but this I, was initial. I haven't really picked up any of the newer versions that were made. Like, you, you've been writing with one consistently until you lost it.
0: Yes, and this is why this sponsorship actually means something to me. So, if you haven't tried the Platinum Curidos yet, you should. It's a sub-$100 retractable fountain pen available in five, that's right, five colors. This pen comes with a removable clip and silicone nib housing to keep your pen from drying out for up to 6 months. I call I call bull on that, but it really does write really well and <laughs> but I mean, how do they how do they know that? I I got to say like how do they know 6 months? Did they did they like fill the pen, click it, leave it there for like 1 month, try it. Okay. Then reclick it, put it down, try it again for another 2 months and then and then got up to 6 months and then what happened? At 7 months it's dried out. I don't know. But it says that they can it can keep your pen from drying out for up to six months. I call baloney. I don't think it dries out very quickly. I never had a dry out experience. But when it come when it comes to like them throwing numbers, there's light right in my face. When it comes to them throwing numbers at at you like that, I need so I keep I keep leaning backwards because this light is like right in my face. I want statistical information. Like like you got to be able to prove it. Jeez, well, I know the Adam
1: Adam from an Ink guy. He's mm-hmm. on YouTube an Ink guy. He actually tested the. Slip and seal cap on the three seven seven six, mm-hmm. and he has a video on doing that. And he actually spent the two years in in uh, testing and had the pens inked, and was testing them at three six a, months a year, and then two years. Mm-hmm.
0: They actually did hold up. They, That's so he, that. That's legit dedication. Yeah. So Adam, I'm gonna have to fix this shade in a second. But that is <laughs> that is legit. Oh my gosh, nope, I gotta take this off. Because all you can see is like in the reflection of my glasses, my messy, room, my messy <laughs> office room behind me. So I'm just gonna have to like get blinded. But anyway, yeah, check it out. It's a great pen. I know I've made fun of it relentlessly in the past. And I sincerely regret having lost mine because it was with me through my studying journey. Mm-hmm. and it does break my heart to have lost it. I'm looking at a picture that Bryce sent with the sponsorship read of the Platinum Curados, and it's the red one. And if I get another one, I'm going to get a red one because this one looks really cool. It's like a deep red. I really like it. Yeah. But check it out. You won't be disappointed. It might be a little jarring at first because you're like, this contraption is like all kinds of weird, but things are awesome when they're weird,
1: right? Yeah. Well, it's if you're used to Vanishing Points... Uh, it'll be a different experience than a Vanishing Point, but if Mm -hmm. this is your first retractable nib fountain pen, which is priced pretty good at, like, a first retractable nib fountain pen as opposed to the Vanishing Point, so it it will be a new experience, being that you're used to having a cap around, but it Mm -hmm. will be very convenient for you. And like Roy said, it's, like, a little more complicated than a Vanishing Point would be in terms of, like, taking apart the nib with the converter and the cartridge or whatever, but it those instructions, you could even take off the clip, which is a feature that the vanishing point does not have, which people would love if it came with that option. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a different experience. And I think for what it's worth, it's something worthwhile trying.
0: I, and not only that, I really think they made it made incremental changes through, since its launch and since mm-hmm. the launch. And the little itty bit changes that they made, I think it's been greatly improved. And I really do appreciate this pen. It breaks my heart to have lost mine after that chaotic day. I am going to replace mine eventually. It's just that I'm not emotionally ready yet. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> right. I got. It. It's like it's like kind of getting the. Oh, I don't want to even say it. No, I'm not going to say it. Just right. the, it's it's too. It's, it would be too near and dear to my heart to talking about. Any sort of beloved animals and that kind oh, of stuff. Oh no, so, no, no, no! Let's yeah. not go there. That's Next, just... so we're yeah. talking about BRL Coffee Co., right?
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Hey, you know what? You can take the you can take the lead on this one.
1: Go for oh, it. Well, he, uh, Neil's not my personal buddy, yes. but he's Roy's buddy, and from what I hear, that I see, I've, I've heard this read so many times that I could probably I could get close to reciting it. So. <laughs> I don't have it up in front of me though. Um but uh but yeah, I mean Roy brings a a bunch of coffee to work and people at his work really enjoy drinking it and that's all that they want to drink now. They come to his office just to steal cups of coffee from his pot. Uh Roy likes the blend. That, it's a light roast blend called Kiss of Life uh because it won't it's a it's a very nice uh light coffee so it's not too overpowering and it has a ton of caffeine but yet won't give you the cl- crackhead
0: jitters. I think that Neil needs to coin that term for his advertising. You know, <laughs> hot, you know, good amount of caffeine content wakes you up but doesn't give you the crackhead jitters. I really think Neil needs to run with that. I think it's great. He needs to make a sticker and he needs to he needs to put that on his website. I don't know if he will though. I you know what we got to do? We got to get Neil on here cuz he is such a fun character. Knows nothing about fountain pens, but he knows about coffee, right?
1: Uh I so. would I w I could, I could throw down on coffee. I love coffee. So yeah, you know, we and, could talk about that for a while.
0: Yeah. We set you up with a sampler pack one time, but then you ended up messing up and then like, you know, forgot about the giveaway and stuff like that. I'm like, that's too bad. Cause you would have really enjoyed the coffee, but anyway. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, it was like, well, you know, this is for you. And then this is for the giveaway. And then it was like, oh, I thought it was all just kind of being like dispersed around. So I was like giving them out to people in the office and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. I was like, uh, I guess I don't get any. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I, I feel. Like I think I'm going to the... use
1: that coupon code Roy to save myself some money on the BRL coffee website. I like where your head is at. So, yeah. This
0: has been the longest sponsorship read. And oh, by the way, just so you know, I don't read anything when I do that. The only one I read is from Bryce. The other ones I just I just make up. Yeah. Well, but
1: you've made up the BRL one so much that like I know it, yeah. the beats of it. So yeah.
0: So all right. This is the longest. This is like a 10 minute, like nine minute sponsorship like section segment. Let's get on with the episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again for episode number 139. Before I get started with this week's episode of the Entertainment Podcast, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, mostly from me. Sometimes from Tom. Not really. Every once in a while, I'm dropping an F bomb, That's usually from me. So be forewarned, you haven't more. now on the podcast. The, the Penboy Boy, Roy, Roy. Entertainment Podcast. Steve Savage. <laughs> Yesterday, a really you. fun time, went to the Long Island Penn Show. We spent several hours there, ran into a bunch of friends that I have not seen in a long time because of the studying for my exam and, and whatnot and, you know, work being busy. It was really good, first and foremost, it was really good to be able to take... So I brought a couple for everybody that doesn't know, most people won't know. I brought several friends with me, a couple of friends with me. One of my friends has no idea about fountain pens, just never bought fountain pens or anything like that. First pen show. First pen show. And then another friend of mine, and he is into fountain pens, never been to a pen show. And I honestly was thinking about how I thought that the Long Island pen show is a very good and appropriate first pen show for someone to go to because it's small, it's more intimate. It's not as chaotic. I do love the DC Pen Show, but first of all, for that to be my buddy's first pen show or my friend's first pen show, I don't think that would be practical because it's far. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, you get there and it's like going to a casino for the first time. There's so much going on. So many. That's a that's an apt
1: know, analogy. Yeah, it's right? like a Casino. It's total overwhelm, sensory. Right. <laughs> it,
0: it, it's a sensory overwhelm. I mean, unlike a, unlike casino. Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci isn't there and Joe Pesci isn't getting his head bashed in by baseball bats towards the end of the show. So it's different than Casino. But it was it was a lot of fun. I think that it's small, intimate. He had a lot to look around at and stuff like that. It was Everybody had a great time. My friend Daniel, he actually bought an Aurora Optima ballpoint pen for a friend of his. And he was really impressed with it. He learned a lot. And then he didn't have to do this, but... Because he was so appreciative of the experience and had so much fun with us, he decided to go and buy everybody lunch. remember at the at it was the... like
1: it was like a linner or a dunch because it was basically right in the smack dab middle of the afternoon like three thirty four o'clock we were pounding that uh that Korean barbecue,
0: yeah, but that was, we finished at about four o'clock, and I know because I ate dinner at eight o'clock. I had a ribeye steak at I home. couldn't
1: i was still I was still fully satiated by that food. Yeah, and, it was good though, right? Yeah, so oh, it was so good.
0: We went to a place called Cast Iron Pot. Was pot? It Ca- yes. Was it called pot. Cast Iron Pot or just Cast Iron? BBB? No, it was I Cast can't... Iron Pot. Okay, Cast Iron Pot, and it's thirty-six bucks. It's a Korean barbecue place. All you can bucks. eat. Yeah, all you can but eat. But
1: two-hour time limit. Two because of guys rate. like Roy, <laughs> we
0: we went from the beginning of that two-hour time limit all the way to the end of that two-hour time limit. <laughs> And it was good. We ordered so much like beef and pork roasted that stuff up. And the crazy thing is though, I mean, really it's because of me and my friend Daniel knows, I also had a friend named Jimmy there. He is the one who's a fountain pen enthusiast. You guys didn't get to try any of the marinated stuff because even, even though it's barbecue, they marinate the meats with like the Korean marinades. They're so sweet. Is that and, the bulgogi? Or yeah. This, well, yeah. that's just that's just one of them. Like the okay. marinated stuff had like a little green dot next to it, and it's so sweet. Right. And they throw a lot of sugar in it. That's why I went with the non-marinated stuff.
1: No, it was still good with that because then you actually
0: could taste the quality of the meat. Right. And I thought the quality was pretty good. I mean, it's not, Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's not like Wagyu BMS12 meat, but it was I pretty good. I don't even know.
1: I, I, I've never gone there before, so.
0: Yeah. Well, when I had my, when Daniel threw that party for me, mm-hmm. I was telling you back in 2021, when I got promoted, that party, he got like a, a, a full roast. It was like a Wagyu A5 BMS 10. And then he cooked it for me and all my coworkers and their wives and stuff. Cause he's, he's an amazing chef, right? So not only did he graduate from Harvard and Stanford, he also graduated from culinary school just for shits and giggles so he's one yeah he's one of the best chefs i've ever known and he has ruined steakhouses for me forever so Mm -hmm. and then what's good is he knows my personality so whenever he invites me over for dinner i know if i'm going to his house to eat i'm not going to leave hungry because a lot of times that, a lot of times that happen People don't, it's like Roy's don't, coming
1: don't, over. We have to basically buy an entire cow.
0: <laughs> right. So like people don't know, know people who don't know me when they invite me over, I will literally finish eating dinner an hour before I go over. Right. And also because, so if, you know, like if you and your wife invite me over for dinner and your wife has no idea of my dietary parameters when it comes to keto, I don't know what I'm going to be eating. So when I show up to your house. There's no chance in hell if she puts down pasta in front of me that I'm going to be like, oh, excuse me, I don't. Oh, eat that's this. a that
1: first of all, that's a healthy assumption to actually think that my wife cooks because she does not. <laughs> right,
0: but all right, so like you cook, right? And, so like yes, you and cook- I
1: fully, I am fully aware of your situation. So there is not, there is not a chance in hell that there would probably be even
0: like a carb in the house or something. Like that. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, this is a this dietary choice of mine is just that. It's all because I'm gearing myself towards my own personal goals. If I went to someone's house and they're, you know, they put a plate of food in front of me out of like respect, I'm not gonna say a word. I'm just gonna eat it. You know what I mean? And then deal with it the next day, or you know, run an extra mile, something, whatever. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing is like when it comes to Daniel, he's he's a culinary expert, and he certainly loves to cook. He also loves challenges. The stupid light angle this is driving me crazy he loves culinary challenges too so like if if you have dietary restrictions he will make a meal that and you know takes into consideration those parameters like he'll take time out to research what is okay what's not okay like if you told him oh you know you're gluten intolerant or you're what you would call it like a vegan or a vegetarian or a fruitarian which is really bad for you if you're a fruitarian I've never food, even heard of fruitarian but fruitarian diet is actually proven to be the one and only diet that is that will kill you cause liver failure and if okay. you if you're if you think I'm making that up no this is actually research has done has been done You can also Google a guy named Dr. Bruce k Lowell he spent his entire career on diet and nutrition, and fruitarian diet is just if all you eat is fruit day in and day out and you don't have anything else, it's, it's not good for you. But, and if somebody's out there is doing that and you feel like I'm wrong, this is not an attack on your identity or anything like that. Maybe you know something I don't, this is just, we're just talking about it. So if all you eat is fruit, well, you know, good for you. I, I hope, I hope you're healthy. So anyway, yeah, he, he, he will customize everything. Like he's great with that. And, I, you know, I, th- I think one of these days we got to go over to his house. You got to come over to his house with me and and have a dinner. Oh, hey, that, hey, that, turn off your that, phone. What's that buzzing? Oh, sorry. It's just buzzing. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Put the put the little do not disturb on. How dare you? Know. you, you Jeez. Know? <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, it was such a good time yesterday. So we were about leaving and that's when we ran into Ryan W. and his beautiful family and it was so cool. To be able to like run into them, and they had flown in to to come to the New York Penn Show. I I don't know if I think they had they were they had some something going on. I don't think they came in specifically just for the the Penn Show. Was it?
1: I I don't know if that was the case. If it was like yeah, I they, think but but think like he... but like they flew to come at least the part of it was going to be coming to the Penn Show, which yeah. is... you know how difficult it is to get from the airport to like anywhere in New York, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, Yeah, it was a it was it was a really fun experience because I I think that uh, I think that you have some really diehard fans and they were a little little starstruck, you know, it was it was it was fun to see, you know, that uh, Mm -hmm. there that we could create such a reaction amongst people that people actually listen to the podcast in the first. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was it was
0: cool. So I want to talk about what I bought. I bought the the only thing I bought was this Esterbrook JR pen and I feel like it was an I feel like I couldn't say no to this one because it's it's in absolutely perfect condition. There's nothing there it's like it's it's as if I went back in time and purchased it brand new. That's how good a condition this is. You and drove if-
1: down to you drove down to Camden when it was like, you know, a nice Esterbrook factory was there in Camden and just picked one off the assembly line. Yeah. Like, back oh, in... you're
0: you're embellishing on my whole, like, oh, I feel like I went back in time thing, yeah. right? Yeah, so you Estabook. took, like, a
1: horse and buggy down to, to Camden and just picked it up from the esterbrook factory back when it was Dude, it's the 19... producing those J-pens.
0: Yeah, the, it was 1950. They had cars.
1: Yeah, but still, you were diehard against, like, you were a Luddite that just refused to get a, a car and you just took your horse down there.
0: I, I don't think, I, I think your history is kind of fucked up, right? <laughs> Right, like There were, there were no horses, horses on roads by way. I don't think there was horses and buggies in 1950s, man. I mean, I think, I think they had the whole car thing squared away, right? I think they had that done by like the 1920s, don't you remember? Or maybe 1940s, like everybody had cars and shit, right? I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. So anyway, I got this really cool pen. I'm really excited about it. Let me see what I inked it up with. Where did my ink bottle go? Oh, here we go. I inked it up with... Just a standard black ink. I feel like it was safe. I got Paniter black. I feel like it's a safe ink. I'm not willing to put like... I'm not willing to put Noodler's Black in it. I know Noodler's Black is safe, but I'm just... Just in case, I'm going to turn this way. to avoid It is
1: it black. is a it is a lever filler that has a bladder inside, so <laughs> you, you, need sure. you need to make sure... You need to make sure that the ink inside is not going to end up making that uh, bladder all crusty and yeah, messed up. Uh,
0: you know, because... Uh, i I don't want like if i lean back the light's not on my face here right if i (laughs) if i put something in that'll corrode the ink sack i'm afraid that Mm -hmm. it's just gonna leak all over and i'm gonna have like true like yeah ink all over my clothes and stuff like that especially with new i don't know how permanent it is in like cotton or or anything like that so you know we're just gonna go with something safe you know yeah Yeah, although peniter,
1: i you know I don't know. I, I don't know. It's like the, the track record of a peniter. I know Waterman would be perfectly good for that sort of thing.
0: If yeah, but then, then put, like, I'd have the to Waterman. wait to ink it up. I don't want to wait. I have to order it and then I have to wait. You have to wait I, for it. I could get it on Amazon and have it next day delivered, but then that's to, all day today. How that dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Right, because it takes Amazon. you forever to. Oh, by the way, speaking of taking forever to send stuff, you left your sunglasses in the back seat of my car. Yeah,
1: I realized it. I realized it about, like, ten minutes after we departed, and I'm, mm-hmm. like, driving. I'm, like, ah. And then that was the point in going the round trip. I didn't really need them on the way there. I ended up mm-hmm. just having them on top of my head. But on the way back, when you're going west and it's the sun is setting, I'm, like, fuck. This is, it's, like, burning in my eyeballs, like, the sun, right. man. I'm, like, I really wish I remembered yeah. my
0: glasses. Yeah, I mean... My suggestion is you take those glass sunglasses and and just go ahead and put them in the trash, right? They look. Like... I,
1: I I'm going on the website I purchased them from, and I'm going to probably end up buying another pair because I really? know that it's going to take a long time for me to get that pair back.
0: Why would you say that? I'll will mail it to you. <laughs> I'll mail it to your house. You know, it'll it should only take what a couple months. Yeah, but the, yeah. at the rate that I'm, you know. This yeah, by the time that stuff. that
1: happens, it's going to be, like, we're going to have, like, six hours of daylight during the winter, so.
0: Yeah, this is why I don't have own a business that sells stuff or has to mail stuff, because it takes me so long just to get it in the mail, and I don't know why it does. I'm, I'm just forgetful <laughs> and, and shit like that. But I think that those glasses, if something tragic were to happen to them, it would be doing you a favor. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Not a big fan of them? No, no. I just think they belong in like those. You know, they, it should come free with those books where, if you like those three D like Marvel comic books, where you look at it and put the glasses on, and you can you can the see Magic Eye ones. Yeah, yeah. That's what they look like, or the free mm-hmm. glasses you get at a at a movie theater for a three D movie. That you did you do that? Is that how you got them? You kept them after a three D movie. Yes, absolutely.
1: I wow. was I was watching um, I was watching the Mummy in three D mm. when I yeah so
0: i'm just kidding i'm not making fun of you. making fun of you I'm making fun of your glasses but talk about who you did you have a lot of catching up uh get a lot of catching up done with people at the show or was it kind of yeah. just like hey we're talking again we spoke last week because you're you do business with them anybody like you caught up with that you haven't spoken to in a long time um
1: well i mean usually it would speak to ryan at kenro mm-hmm. uh but he had brian and neil i haven't spoken to neil in a long time Mm. Uh, although my coworkers usually speak to neil too Mm -hmm. um because they they call in for that sort of stuff but Mm -hmm. uh but it was great to be able to see um you know we we saw neil uh, we saw neil and um and brian right right inside the door they had like the first what six tables along the side Mm -hmm. of the of the student center and they had out there the new estabrook in the oktoberfest they had some awesome coasters that uh, our friend uh, Vanessa Langton had designed, mm-hmm. and oh, you got you got one of the candles. Yeah, Brian How's gave me. How does it smell?
0: It's it's supposed to be green tea. Okay. Not not green tea. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know what this is. It's it's a cute know, like... It's a great idea.
1: I like I like the I like the this I like the idea of kind of like branching out with all these different products that are not pen related but like mm-hmm. sort of create the ambiance of let's say writing or reading and things like that. Which a candle is great because then you light the candle, you could have your book out, you could have your you could be writing or journaling or whatever at that point. But I'm like thinking of whether it's like green tea is like okay, that's, you could find green tea anywhere. But what if you had it where you could light the candle and it would smell like you know, an open bottle of ink or something like that. I, I you know, I'm saying that like would, something related to fountain pens and something that way. would be a terrible idea, especially if you manage to make it smell like a Noodler's bottle of
0: ink. Oh,
1: right? imagine you can make it smell
0: like a Noodler's pen inside. Oh his... my God, that's not gonna... <laughs> So what I like about this idea is, yeah, they're branching. Esteburk is branching out of stuff that's mm-hmm. not particularly fountain pen related, but it's like nice tchotchkes. I think that they're they, they're really onto something. So here's what I visualize: you light your Estherbrook candle you throw open your 80 GSM Estabrook notebook, mm-hmm. you're sitting there writing to the scent of this shitty, supposedly green tea smell. It probably <laughs> smells good eventually. It doesn't smell like green tea, I'm sorry. Are you into candles in general or no? No, no, not at all. But what I like about stuff like this is, so let me finish the the little story I'm creating. As you're okay. sitting there writing, you get up to go get a drink of water as you're thirsty, writing your thoughts down, and before you know it, your cat walks in, knocks the candle over, catches fire on your notebook, <laughs> sets your house on fire. Oh, fuck, all your stuff is burnt. No, I'm just kidding. What I wanted to say was this, though. After the candle is done, just take a, boil, a cup of boiling water in a coffee pot, pour it into the candle. It'll melt the candle material. Just dump that, and then wash it, and now you have... A fucking ink pot, man. You know? Well, what
1: if what if they made the the candle containers in the
0: shape of an ink bottle? How awesome would that be? That would be awesome. We're gonna have to talk to them about that because I yeah. would love to see that. That would be a great idea. Because yeah. I did that with my. Did I ever show you that I did that with my Yankee candle? Yankee candle no. container. Stand by. Stand by.
1: Stand by. Okay, get that Yankee candle container.
0: Yeah. I
1: am like a big this. connoisseur of, I, I really do enjoy the Bath and Body Works candles. Yeah, and if at any point we end up going to the store to go shopping for some new scents, it's just, it's like playing around in Willy Wonka's factory, just like smelling all of the different scents. This is
0: a Yankee candle the little mini ones. I turned it into an ink pot.
1: It does look very much like an ink pot.
0: Yeah. So what I did was I, I did exactly what I just said when it was like done I poured mm-hmm. in some boiling water, it just melted it, and then I just dumped it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then washed it with soap and water, cleared it out and now this is this has been a this has been an ink pot for me for a couple of years, several years what now. ink is inside there, heart of darkness, heart of darkness, yeah so i Very I like cool. it it's really cool. It says Yankee candle on the top, but oh well, the sun's not on mm-hmm. my face anymore. thank goodness, yeah. So yeah, it was good catching up. But I haven't seen I haven't seen the guys in a while. So it was good to catch up with them, see all their new pens. The last time I saw them, they had like five or six Esterbrook SD colors and Esterbrook Camden colors. Now they have like 30,000 different colors. Like mm-hmm. they're putting Baskin Robbins to shame. They got so many different colors and flavors. It's it's really awesome how far they've come. I'm really happy for them. Yeah. And they're, yeah. and they're expanding into the different accessories
1: too so it's, yeah. it looks like that they're doing pretty well and that the brand is growing and attaining yeah. more visibility i mean it's it's great to have like you have the first very first table as you walk into the show so how But they o- they
0: always this? they always make sure that they're right by the entrance yeah they got, got prime location always, yeah they always want that they'll pay the money for it they'll do whatever they have to they always want that that mm-hmm. spot and it was cool that we got to see jj from JJ, JJ. Lax, yeah, yeah JJ Lax there. He was busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I,
1: if if it weren't for the fact that his line, his, he had a, such a huge queue that was yeah. at least like an hour too deep, mm-hmm. that would have been like, oh, you know, I brought a couple of pens, and like I was mentioning to you in the car, I was like, I was like, you know, if if somebody was available, I might want to try getting my one sailor nib just you know do something interesting with it just to change it up and yeah but the but he was super busy and i even just felt bad just going up and just saying hi because i was like yeah. he's
0: so preoccupied the entire time so. yeah he had he had the doc brown goggles on the whole time mm-hmm. he did he didn't really i i he looked up for a second i just you know did one of these at him and and that I, he just didn't. He was just so busy. So I didn't. I brought some pens that I wanted him to grind and stuff. But I for those
1: that are not them. watching the YouTube video, Roy
0: just gave the finger. So he yeah. said, "I did one of these." He just he yeah. just flipped the bird. That's not true. Don't say that. People are going to believe it. So <laughs> I I was like, "Oh man, he's he's so busy." We walked around those several hours that we were there. I didn't even have time to go up to him and have a have a chat with him or anything like that. So, but that's good that he was that he's doing. Well, that he was just too busy to talk to us. If you're gonna have a problem, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah, and it was nice having people come up to us and say, hey, you know, love the podcast, love the show, love this, that, and the other thing, you know?
1: And I think you also attained a new level of brand awareness because we brought the three boxes of t-shirts that Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully um, the show organizers uh, were able to just have us put it on a table And then that way we could just, like, lay them all out, put a little impromptu sign saying, free Mm. t-shirts, like small medium large extra large whatever just have at it and just yeah. just just telling people I, as i was going around being like oh you know if they ever mention either you or the podcast i was like hey you want to go grab a free t-shirt it's on that table over there and just yeah have at it just grab them as many as possible so even really? ryan w i was like i was like you got the? Sh- they had the shirts on that's yeah. how i that's how i spotted them they had the penboy Roy shirts on and, but yet the other members of his family did not. So it was like, it's like, go get yourself, go get yourself shirted up because there's free shirts in there. So. Well,
0: h- him and his daughter, him and Zoe had it. His other daughter didn't, his wife didn't, his brother-in-law didn't, you know what I mean? So hopefully, yeah, so. hopefully they all got dressed up. So I saw yeah, there's one, the one, one the dude.
1: one guy I'm sorry, the, the one guy, um, that was like one of the first guys that we brought in he was like, Hey, it's he a free shirt. He was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to change into this shirt and I'm going to start walking around me. So to promote the fact that, you know, to promote the free shirts, I was like, that's awesome, dude. And yeah, he, he was, did. He, we, we...
0: he was so nice too because I walked up to him later, didn't realize that that was the guy. And I was like, hey, nice shirt. But he 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 had no idea what the podcast is, what, who you we were. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I can get you one if you want. I'm like, I think I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Don't worry about it. You know, he's like, all right, well, they're over there if you want one. I'm like, you got it. Thanks. it it was good i saw a lot of people walking around wearing them and whatnot so yeah let's see what happens today i think the show is over what at five o'clock it's it's 12 almost 12 in the afternoon let's see what happens yeah
1: we're gonna we're gonna see if like somebody's gonna send us a picture and then there's still like a giant pile of shirts on the table it's like
0: are you guys coming back to collect these (laughs) just like no you're keeping them for two dollars a piece they're like we don't want to pay no no no, we're paying you (laughs) (laughs) but you know what was cool though This is the first time you went to the Long Island Pen Show. Yes. So let's let's hear your thoughts. Let's hear your feelings and opinions on the Long Island Pen Show relative to other shows that you've been to in your pen journey.
1: I think uh, I think it was either I think it was probably Jimmy that asked about you know it's like where does this rank in terms of between like this and DC and I think we we capped it at like this is like one fifth the size of DC.
0: So this is also my friend Jimmy is Jimmy is one of my friends that I brought. He's a fountain, the fountain pen enthusiast that never been to a show. But anyway, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. So I, I would
1: I would totally, you know, relay that assessment to anybody who has been to the DC show. So if you've been to D C, um, even I would say comparatively to Philadelphia, which is still a smaller show than DC, but um, it still is much bigger than the New York show, Um, the Long Island show is just basically a a big student center sort of common purpose room. And we did the whole entire thing in maybe like two, three hours tops. And we were just kind of like, all right, we're we're good. Like, you know, even. But the thing is, like the, the great aspect about it, and that's why it's a great like first show, I think is that you've got a solid cross section of what you usually would find at the bigger shows so you have retailers you had pen, Fountain pen hospital you had frank from federalist pens having new pens there um so and then you had esterbrooke which was like the newer pens then you had your vintage selection so you had people coming with their collections of vintage pens and stuff that's not readily available uh then you also had uh some ephemera sort of the stuff that you could buy. I saw like Parker old vintage ads that you would find in magazines. Um, some like knickknacks watches too. So there's some, uh, there's some Galen leather was, uh, there's some products that were out there too with that. Uh, then you had some, uh, products that you could use for, uh, what's it called? The wax sealing. You had some mm-hmm. wax sealing stuff that's there. Uh, they some handmade custom pens, uh, You had you had such a great, and then you had like your nibmeister. So you had uh, uh, Nib Taylor, and you had JJ there uh, doing nib customization. So, uh, and then there was some kind of impromptu seminars. There was one where it was like, oh, we're doing a calligraphy thing, and it's like right in the middle of the room next to the ink table, and this Mm -hmm. ink testing table, by the way. So it's like, so you, you 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 have like a sampling of what you usually would expect at a larger show, but just not at the same capacity. That you would expect at a DC show. So if you only have gone to the DC show. And you go to this show. You're like wow. This is like really small. But then, then at the same time. Because it's a little bit small of a show. It's less traffic. You get to have I think stronger connections. With the people that yeah. are at the show. And more lengthy uh, you know, discussions that you could have. So you're not like kind yeah. of bothered by the fact that. Oh you know. I have to really move it. Because there's a crowd of people behind me. That want to buy stuff. And I can only just ask one question. It's like, you could chat it up with somebody and just stand there for like 10 minutes or whatever, and and just have
0: a full blown conversation. Right. So that was one thing I wanted to, you touched on something which made, which reminded me. So one of the things that I really appreciate about all the shows in particular, and what I don't particularly like as much is I like that there's so much communication And there's so much conversing that can happen. I also like that there's a lot of vintage sellers. Yeah. That's where I got this pen here. And there's a fine line, though. Because you have some guys who are vintage sellers. They restore. They change out sacks. They take care of the pens and stuff. And then you have some guys that are just they don't put as much effort into it. So they'll just have their whole collection and they'll just dump it on the ta- on the table like a garage sale or lay it out on the table like a garage sale. There's no quality control or as much care given if to the product as if it was a retailer. Like for example, I was looking at a table, remember that young lady that was working for her pop and Ted? was selling a whole bunch of pens? Now, I'm always looking for a Schaefer Balance, the 96 or the 1990s one with the little white dot in the green. I don't know why I'm always compelled to find that and buy it. And there was one that was in decent condition, but then I opened up the section and looked at the converter. It looks as though it was inked up fully and (coughs) left to dry out for years because the piston converter knob wouldn't turn. And Mm. then I looked at the feed and the nib and there was like staining and caking of the ink. So I think that if you're a seller that wants to take your large collection, don't let it look like a garage sale. I would say clean out the pens, take some care of the pens, bring them so that they're more presentable instead of just bringing them laying it out, right? Because that could make or break a person's decision to buy something. I saw that with several, several of the vintage dealers. Like some guys were selling Montblanc 149s that were inked up and never cleaned. And mm. so much so that the piston knob just wouldn't turn because the silicone O-rings in the piston was just glued to the side of the the piston walls. And yeah, like, yeah that's not good. You're not selling that pen now. So yeah. I think that if you're going to a show, small or big, you gotta make sure that the product, whatever it may be, has a standard of presentability yeah because i mean there was there
1: was like to a degree both sides of the spectrum because you had some sellers had their stuff like really nicely put in a row and had tags on all of them and then you Mm open up the pens and they look like in solid condition like that esterbrook right and then there was others that were just like you know had the pens out but they you know, when you take a look at them, you're like, oh, it's just it kind of looks like no one did any clean job on it. And then there were ones that just had basically here's a bag and there's a ton of pen parts in it or that or that there's just like just a dump, a a, a pile of pens on there. It's just like here, it's like it's three dollars or whatever, a dollar per pen right. or whatever. So it's just kind of there's there's a range of it. I mean, it depends on like what it is that you're looking for. But if you're looking for something that's going to be more collectible or or you're looking for a solid vintage pen to be able to write with that will actually work when you buy it and spend a decent amount of money on it, you kind of have to find where that, where that range is, where it's like, well, you know, it's a great pen, but I got to see what the condition's like and how they took
0: care of it because that's going to mm. matter a lot. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I saw a different, a, a wide range of sellers from professional sellers and retailers and distributors like kenro industries to what other big names were there i don't i don't think toys in the attic was there a lot of you know legit retailers and then you got your medium retail not even retailers but collectors that are trying to sell their stuff and they did a great job like the collector i bought this from did a great job at keeping this pen looking on point i walked out so we were there for two, two and a half hours or so, and by the time we did the two and a half hours, like, I did a complete entire thorough lap and then all the tables in between, right, me and, me and Daniel. And then we did it twice. So we did two runs, and that took two and a half hours. So, yeah, it's a small show, but I really had a really good time. And, yeah, it was the one pen that I decided to, to pick up. That was yeah, and I one. I bought
1: I bought zero pens, so Yeah. The, I was vacuumatics, just going for the experience.
0: The vacuumatics were calling calling me hard.
1: Uh yeah, they were calling me too. But I, I wanted to bring your attention. I'm surprised that you, you didn't get it because of your affinity to video games, and especially since you're also a nineties kid like me, mm-hmm. um, that you didn't pick up the Waterman Phileas that had Tomb Raider, the the original Lara Croft Tomb Raider on it.
0: Yeah, it didn't do it for me. First I spotted it
1: for you, and I was like, I was like, oh, look at this. It's like the the one of those pen. They're first of all, Phileases are not. They're few and far between. They're kind of yeah, they're entry level watermans, but they're somewhat collectible because they're not around anymore. And mm-hmm. they made a special version for Tomb Raider. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. It's like video love of video games, love of fountain pens, kind of go together. There's really not a lot of properties that went that level to to be put on a fountain pen before. So. But yeah, you know, it's up you know,
0: though so first of all, the early nineties Tomb Raider games, as cool as they were, you know, they they really didn't do it for me. I didn't mm. really enjoy those games as much as I do. Like, for example, I remember me and I remember when I was young, my friends were all playing it. They're like, Look, oh my god, the game girl's wearing short shorts and has big tits and stuff like that. I'm like, Yeah, but they're
1: they're like we're talking. The graphics tri- are not superb. Yeah, you know? I'm, like, I'm
0: like that. I'm like guys. That doesn't that doesn't do it for me. It, they're two mm. big triangles. They're like they're pixelated <laughs> boobs. Like no, you know. It's like I get that. It's the concept. It's the idea. But like really, it's just a big triangle as her boobs. It doesn't make sense. And mm. it's even like in the Xbox 360 days, when graphics are getting better and stuff like that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love, (laughs) I love women. I love sexy women. You know, you know my personality, but she's a tomb raider, right? So she's a mountain climber and, you know, like me, I don't climb mountains. I have a friend named Pete who does mountain climbing and stuff like that. He, you know, I've seen him dress up and he would never wear shorts mountain climbing. Because you'll mm-hmm. fuck up your shins, you'll scrape stuff, you gotta wear, like, all kinds of protective gear and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I know this it's is, a there's video a video there's,
1: there's not much of a degree of realism is what you're trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I know, like, it's they're...
0: just, I, I know it's a video game, but there has yes. to be, like, I just can't get past, like, you, know, you knew you were going to this area where there's gonna be a fucking tyrannosaur trying to kill you, you have to jump across mountains and all kinds of shit, right? Why are you wearing... Like, short shorts and a tight tank top. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, and two desert eagles. I mean, it just it just didn't do it for me. But then when the new Laura Croft series came out, the kind of like the rebirth of Laura Croft Tomb Raider, like, she doesn't have overbearingly large tits, and she's not like a bimbo. She, mm. It starts off with her as a college student. And... She's on like a ship and it turns into a shipwreck. So she, was, she wasn't she was planning on doing all this climbing and stuff, but the shipwreck landed her on an island and it goes from just a, a young 19-year-old girl who's exploring having to now survive, right? And the cool thing about that Laura Croft game, the first one, I think it was on PlayStation 4, is she goes through this journey of being just like a, a young student, having to survive where she becomes this incredible badass, right? Mm-hmm. Then the second game comes out, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Or was it Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, it was Rise of the Tomb Raider. And the whole thing starts off, she's in, it's the wintertime, climbing mountains, right? With the the, the hooks and stuff like that. And guess what? Because it's like sub-30 degrees, and snow everywhere. She's not wearing a tank top and shorts. She's wearing like super warm jacket with like climbing gear, climbing pants and stuff. It's realistic. It's, I mean, granted it's not realistic because chances of any human being jumping off one mountain catching it with those things and like dangling with one hand and having that kind of grip strength is pretty not realistic. But at least they got the, like you, you you can suspend disbelief in that game. You know, Mm -hmm. and then the third game, you know, it's it's it makes sense. I thought they were all great games. Every scene that that the Lara Croft went to, if it was hot, then she dressed for hot weather. If it was cold, she dressed for cold (laughs) weather, and it makes sense. Whereas in like the old Tomb Raider games, it's like like she's wearing a bikini to everywhere she goes. It like (laughs) I'm like, huh, you know, that doesn't look comfortable, and uh, I'm not really. I'm not really digging it. So I never really digged it. So that's why when I saw those Waterman Filiuses, I'm like, yeah, this is not... If they had, like, and it wouldn't make sense because of the timing. If they had, like, the current modern Lara Croft, mm-hmm. then I would be like, yeah, that's that's cool.
1: There should be more, like, video game, I think, crossovers with pens. I mean, you saw, like, Mont Blanc. Uh, it's not a video game, but with... Uh... Uh, Naruto, right? You saw the Naruto Mont Blanc? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, uh, so Naruto, which is it's an anime, they have collaborated with Mont Blanc over. They have a, a Meisterstück, uh, I think it's a 146. They did an ink, which apparently mm. is an orange ink that has now evaporated everywhere. It's really hard to get a hold of, apparently. Mm. And then they do like leather cases too. It's like mm. it's like wow. It's just you it's just it's fun to see that they're that the pen companies, even though like even like the more straight laced ones like uh Mont Blanc getting into collaborating with some, you know, more modern sort of you know, icons that of, of our culture. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you also saw that with um Sailor and with Lamy collaborating with Uh, Line with the the line friends the Mm -hmm. the that bear and the duck thing that they did yeah which is which is something that it's it's a it's a messaging platform that's big in China or Mm -hmm. or or in Asia right so so like it's they're they're exploring different cultures exploring different themes that you know it's like you see that Waterman you're like oh they actually had attempted that before you know with with a with a video game property because it was that hot during the the early nineties it was like a big sort of to do on there so it was like i just i i saw that and i was like i was like i thought of you so i decided to bring
0: your attention to it you know yeah yeah i mean listen i i like video games but they have to have some they have to make some sense right i, I like the last of us so much because of how the characters connect with the player same thing with the lara croft the modern lara croft games that character lara croft connects with the player not because she's a bimbo but because she's a survivor, right? right? So like you play that game and you, you play as Lara Croft, the whole, I think I say it L it's her spelled L-A-R-A. So I say L-A-R-A, it's, La- it's pronounced Lara, but the actress Camila Luddington is such a good actress. The animation and graphics are so good. And the story of the character is what is so like important. And here's the thing, when they design the character, I don't know that they thought this, but I think they intentionally didn't make her look like a bimbo, right? Because they made her look like a woman who is a survivor and has to struggle to survive, has to fight the odds, has to fight bad guys. And the thing is like, she's always overpowered by the, by the bad guys, because she's, she's a a woman. And they have guns, they have like hammers and tools, so does she. But in order to win fights, she can't just run up and like punch him in the face and knock him out. No, she has to throw mud on herself and then hide against walls with like like leaves and stuff. And as they walk by, she takes that, you know, climbing axe, whacks him in the neck, yanks him into the grass, you know, and then stuff like that. So it's like, it's like realistic, not... Realistic, realistic, but I'm saying it makes sense, like in order for her to sneak into an area you can go guns blazing But what I like about that game also is if you get shot like two, three times you're dead It's not like you can absorb bullets, be a bullet sponge, and then you'll be okay I like the stealth element because you have to take into account that like Like you Tom Otto if you had to infiltrate a facility and there's a soldier in your way if you get into a fight with that guy there's a chance you're going to get fucked up to death or you're going to have to kill the guy. You know what I'm saying? The odds. Mm-hmm. The odds make sense. You know what I'm saying? So I I like that those games because you're not distracted by like I don't know what to say, like the Well,
1: it's it's like kind of it's like kind of talking about the evolution of gaming in general, I think, because like in the early 90s, especially when you had like a transition from the arcade games to the at- at-home consoles, and And what kind of demographic they were targeting, which is a very young adolescent primarily male demographic, is that is that games tended to be either two things hyper sexualized or hyper violenced mm-hmm. you know so like so like, and then sometimes both together with like some of the fighting games, you had like the the rather largely endowed women just bouncing up and down and, like, kicking and punching and fighting against, like, the big muscly guy. So it was right. very, it was, it was just very, like, you know, hyper-masculine. So, and then, but then you get, as you get older and you get in, like, the, particularly with the gaming industry, as you kind of start to evolve it, you know, gamers, especially folks our, you know, our generation are you know grew up with that stuff but now are expecting more in terms of plot in terms of realism in terms of mm-hmm. escapism into a somewhat believable world of, of which you know is is much different than what we we're talking about when you know let's say we're 15 and you know playing video games and stuff like that so it's yeah. just it's a it's a it's an evolution i think of like the gaming uh industry that this yeah, really yeah. makes a big and, difference
0: i mean like it's so like that's why I like The Last of Us so much because Ellie, the character Ellie in the first game, she she wasn't the character that you really controlled that much in the game. It was always the main protagonist in the first game was Joel and you controlled him. But as you're playing the game, you realize that he even though you're playing as him, he's not the main character. Little Ellie is. Mm-hmm. And the connection that they make in the game connects with the player so much and then in part 2 you play as Ellie and you don't you don't ever control Joel Joel but I thought it was such a great game because there's like a struggle that goes on and you really connect with the character Ellie because you connected with Joel and you cared for Joel that game, and then also when it comes to the Lara Croft thing you know you play as Lara Croft in the game And since you are playing as her seeing the growth and the journey that she went through, I'm glad that they don't distract you with, like, tits and ass. You know what I Mm. mean? Because it would be a disservice to the character that they've – this awesome character that they fleshed out that has a history. They even go into her childhood and how she became obsessed, her obsession with discovering stuff and how the relation it has to her father and stuff like that. Though I I do got to say there are a lot of segments in the game where yeah, her ass does get distracting because it's a it's like the graphics <laughs> are really nice and it's a really like nice ass, but it's not something that like I'm like trying to play and I'm focusing on that. No, it's just like every once in a while I'm like, "Oh man, that's that's really nice." But then I'll, you know, move on. And then you care about the character and stuff like that. So, yeah long fun games they go into like like cultural sites like some take pl- takes place in different areas of the world so they have to do their research to like make things look you know they're fictional convincing yeah yeah it's so convincing. and then so
1: i love i love games that can later on just drop in this little bit of knowledge that all of a sudden a jeopardy question comes up and you know mm-hmm. it because it was in a video game
0: yeah yeah that's cool <laughs> and then every once in a while you see fountain pens in video games and stuff like that
1: And you nearly lose
0: it. Oh, I lose my shit. I'm like, ah, this is a fan of it. I got a right to the makers of the game. What? (laughs) What kind is it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, pause yeah, you pause, a, pause you throw a fountain pen into a video game i'm completely derailed that moment is more important to me than to, than anything i'll be like oh my god the game has a fountain pen ah. i'll call my wife in the middle she's like why are you calling me like it's an emergency they got a fountain pen it's a video game she goes stop playing games it's two in the afternoon do something productive i'm like All right. put on a pair All of right. sweatpants
1: and go take out the cats <laughs> okay.
0: are you are you still not wearing pants yes but they got fountain pens in the video game <laughs> And and then, like, movies. I just watched a movie. I think it was called Spiderhead or something like that with Chris Chris Helmsworth. Spiderhead. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what service it was on, but it was a good movie. And Hmm. there's a scene where he's writing furiously. Chris Helmsworth is writing furiously with a fountain pen. I -hmm. couldn't see what fountain pen it was because he was writing with the fountain pen upside down, like reverse writing. So I think that was just a, a fuck up in the shooting. That's but, weird. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was a it was a good, interesting movie. It was it's fun if you watch
1: if you ever watch the anime Death Note. The Death Note is all about a notebook that you write people's names in and they die. It's that's the whole that's the whole basis concept of it. It's, so it's is like... it
0: like an endless notebook? Is it like a Rhodia Notebook? Like, what kind? Like, are we talking... There's no,
1: there's no particular brand. Actually, it comes from what they call the Shinigami realm. That sounds uh, which like a Japanese like, name. It, well, I mean, yeah, it is. But it's like, it's <gasps> so...
0: Wait a minute! Maybe that's why Endless stopped using their paper, because somebody would write in that paper, and it, it would, like... It's like a fucking voodoo doll, and it would just, in like, Tomoe waste River people. River paper? Right. Tomoe, so Tomoe River paper like... stopped
1: producing paper because it started killing people. Yeah, so River right.
0: River's like, oh my god, every time somebody writes the name, like... Bob, Bob over there is dead. So they're like, we gotta shut this place down and redo the whole endless paper and the the Tomoe River paper and stuff like that because it's costing people lives. And that movie is based in reality. Somebody found out, made the movie, and alluded to the fact that this is what happened with the Tomoe River paper, and nobody's putting it together until this show. Somebody needs to look into Tomoe River and see how many deaths Tomoe River has caused. And that if that is in fact why they shut down the Tumel Ray River, you know what? Scathing article. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uncover the dirt. We're gonna we're gonna, gonna put the L, surface. who's
1: the world's greatest detective, on the case. Who? L. It's it's one of the characters in Death Note. That's it's he's like a he's like kind of like a savant in terms of his ability to uh, do detective work, and he's chasing down the person who owns the Death Note. And it's like a game of cat and mouse. The entire it's a, it's a, it's like one I think there was like yeah just one big season it was just like maybe like 20 30 episodes or something and they and then they also made a uh, Netflix movie which I didn't watch the movie uh, I wanted to watch the anime and there's a one particular scene that I want to bring up uh, that the guy was using a fountain pen and the way that he was using it when he's writing the note the the names in there it was very dramatic and accentuating like gesticulating being like it's like he was almost using it Writing with the pen as if it was a sword, so he's making these large gestural movements, like almost as if he was cutting people down, and then they would jump from him writing on the notebook to like when the people were like the people that he wrote down were just like dropping like flies and stuff was, like is that. Is this a
0: cartoon or a movie? Anime. This is yeah. A so cartoon. it's a cartoon. yeah oh, Okay.
1: So it was it was a very dramatic scene. I was just like, whoa, that's like. That's like most intense use of a fountain pen I've ever seen in a show or oh, you know, yeah. in a movie or
0: ever. It's just like this pen is like killing people. He's like he's like rah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah. That the direction of what you're explaining like and how they how they directed that sounds really. Oh cool. yeah, and
1: he was yelling delete a, a, after every name that he wrote. He was like delete, delete, delete. Like he's writing down the people. He's like writing it
0: furiously. It was very really, really intense. Wow. I don't condone no. killing people with fountain pens, but I guess if you have that, like if that's a superpower, if you write something down, then you know what? I would stop using fountain pens. Can you imagine every time you wrote down something, like you could lead to someone's, Oh, I just wouldn't be able to write with that fountain pen, or that or I wouldn't use that notebook. I wouldn't use Tomoe River anymore. I'm never. I think using the Tomoe only River.
1: harm that notebooks have ever brought to people was paper cuts. So I think we're safe on that.
0: I never had a paper cut from a notebook. I always have paper cuts have. from like. Really. I have before, yeah hmm well that's interesting i'll check out the death note maybe right now but listen (laughs) it's getting to that time i gotta wrap this up and before we get going i just want to say if you guys ran into us at the long island pen show it was more than a pleasure to meet you guys like it was with the several people that wanted to come up and chat with us i enjoyed it thoroughly it was good to see you guys oh oh oh. wait hold on and and
1: and if you are listening to this for the first time because i think there might be a lot of people who are wearing shirts or may gotten shirts that are you know then checking out me like what is this pen boy roy what is this Entertainment podcast check out the rest of the we have a hundred and what 38 other episodes and there's some great interviews you may want to start with that so go check out like interviews with other people from the pen community uh, like we have manufacturers, vendors, w- w- like even show organizers. We're gonna we're gonna have on. Um, there's lots of people to to hear from in the pen community, and then of course there's episodes like this where just both me and Roy are just talking and and chatting about pens, but then going down rabbit holes like video games and movies and Brandon Fraser. So
0: right, I'm a big Brandon Fraser yeah. F- Fraser fan, and I knew he was gonna make a comeback. So glad he is. I love that he was able to meet his old friend Elizabeth Hurley at the premiere of Whale. You know, I think Brendan Fraser you gotta watch is a good I think I'm going to watch that movie also. Elizabeth Hurley is a she's 56. She has no right to be that gorgeous at 56 years old, but she is. It's un, unreal. It just I it's just drool eliciting. Anyway, <laughs> so I knew I I see talent and I see I I'm I'm ahead of the curve, man. I'm ahead of the curve. Right? I came up with <laughs> fountain pen virus before the pandemic. I came up with be well, be safe before the pa- I came up with so much stuff before it actually happened.
1: And you right? and you just you profess your love for Brendan Fraser and now the whole world sees it. So. Yes.
0: And they're going to be like, "You know what? That pen boy nerd is right. He's always mm. right, you know?" <laughs> so, anyway, thanks for joining us for episode number 139. I love you guys. Be well, be safe. Stay inky.